the battle is for creators to come to these different platforms. That's why everybody's trying to figure out monetization. Everybody's trying to figure out how do we get you on Mars? How do we do trainings? How do we do all these things? Because if they can keep the creators, they can keep people watching and then you can run ads. This is Digital Marketing. Hey, it's Mark. And I don't want to be that doom and gloom guy, but I'm hoping this acts as a little bit of a wake-up call for you. Because we've been talking a lot lately about how the whole iOS thing has some advertisers flying blind. And when you sprinkle on some rising ad costs and supply chain issues, we've got a real entrepreneurial challenge ahead of us. The bad news is that a lot of businesses are going to be washed away over the coming months. But the good news is that the ones who adapt are going to come out of this even stronger. So that's why it's important to focus on what you can control. Sign up your website, improve your CRO, collect as much first-party data as you can, and test, test, test. And if you need help with that, go to our friends at Conversion Fanatics. They're running hundreds of tests in all sorts of industries, so they know what's working now. Check the show notes for the link, or you can visit them at conversionfanatics.com. Hey everyone, this is Mark DeGrasse, the President of Digital Marketer, and this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you'll be focused on to the cutting-edge tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is familiar. You probably heard his recent podcast, Tava the Idea Man, the founder of Inspire Media and former Meta employee, which we're going to talk about today. What the heck's going on with Meta? <laughs> How's it going, Mark? It's good to see you again. Uh, it's great. Big changes happening. I talk about this on my personal social media following, but it seems like there's some giant shifts in the world of digital marketing and just tech in general. So I figure what we talk about today is kind of your experience with working with Meta and what it's led to now that you're going off and doing your own thing with Inspired Media. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a really interesting space in the world right now with both technology, content, marketing. And I think one of the really interesting things are that marketers should really pay attention to is what's going on in the consumer space on these platforms, because everything starts on a consumer base first and then moves over to business. If you see, of course, some of the trouble that Meta is having, some of the trouble that Twitter is having, the engagement on TikTok, if you look at the creator monetization strategies that YouTube is is putting into place, you want to be looking at how is all of that going to affect the business and how is that going to affect the marketing? So I'm really following all of these trends. It's really interesting to just see and speculate how that's going to play out and how that's going to in turn affect us all. Oh, yeah. I think we just came out with our content certification. And so my big thing was creating content. But when we get into social media, it's like, where should you distribute the content? And right now, since there seems to be this big battle going on between the tech giants, marketers, and just small businesses in general are like, where should I put my time? Because everybody's scared of spending time on Facebook because it's what's going to happen next. Or should I spend all my time on TikTok or should I spend it on Instagram or YouTube? Just from your experience, what type of content do you think is evergreen and safe in terms of getting on the different networks? 
Yeah, evergreen. I think that's an interesting concept because there's very few things that are evergreen because life is changing so much. And I think sometimes when we say evergreen, we're thinking of what can I just do one time and never have to do it again so I can focus on other aspects. And I don't know if that's the thought process to have. I think content as a conversation with a community of people and you want to be thinking about it as building a community and there's no conversation with someone that's evergreen. You know what I'm saying? How often do you get frustrated when you call up somebody and it's a robot and you're like, dang it, if you don't just let me talk to a person and I won't hop to this phone (laughs) because you're tired of all these things. So I think that if we think about content as a conversation with a group of people, Then the question remains is just what party do I want to be at and do I fit in the most? Each platform is its own party, right? So don't think of it as like, oh, there's these complicated tools and systems. They are. But I like to keep it simple is just which party? Do you want to go to the house party? Do you want to go to the new party? Do you want to go to the well-established party, the white party, the hip hop party, right? Which kind of people are on those platforms that you like and feel be your customer What form of content do you feel that you can create on a consistent basis and are you more comfortable with, right? If you're great at conversation and you're not, if you feel uncomfortable making cool, punchy little videos with subtitles and text and emojis and getting interested, but you can have a great conversation, then maybe try YouTube, right? Because you can do that simply and it depends on your level and size, but you should primarily be thinking about how can I deepen the relationship on one or two platforms with these folks. And then I can start building that across the other ones. But I think everyone is, let me go to every single party and talk to everybody. And then you spend an hour at each party and then you go home at the end of the night and you're like, I don't have no new friends. I don't have no new relationships. I didn't meet the person of my dreams because you went to every party, popped in, said hello, said a hug hellos, but you didn't have any depth. You didn't dance. You didn't listen to the music. You didn't get into a random conversation in the bathroom. Like you didn't go deep. And I think that's the thing that people want to do. And it's a shift. I love that. And that is a really good point just about the short form content because Ryan Dice talked about that TNC short form video. That's where it's at. So I think that what you said just really reinforces that. And also just pick a platform, go nuts, go deep, and then you'll figure it out. But make sure your customers are there for us, first of course. Yeah. <laughs> so with that said, since you are having, you're going to be expanding your agency and your company, what platform are you going to spend a lot of time on? I mean, of course, my, my content is mainly Instagram since most of my experience is optimization on ads from Facebook and Instagram. So that's my primary channel. But there's different channels. There's ways that you can build for multiple with single pieces of content. So you will see me on other platforms. I do have TikTok. I've used, I posted YouTube a little bit, but I'm going to do a little bit more there as well. But my, my main platform will be Instagram. Okay. Well, that says a lot right there. Because if you were there doing it and you're going to stay on the platform, then that means that it's not going away which is good news for anybody who spent a bunch of time on Instagram. I know that's always, it's always a debate. It's like Instagram or TikTok because they're pretty similar now. And, you know, you can't use both. You could post the same stuff on both platforms. But again, if you're talking about engagement, like being at the party, then you definitely want to pick one. So it's, that's cool. You picked Instagram at least right now. And it's just knowing your party, right? Like, 
already know the culture of the party. I know how it moves and I know what ads work. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to experiment. It's just 80% of the time and focus and energy is where I'm seeing I'm getting customers from or where I'm building general interest. And it also depends on what you're trying to do. A lot of people conflate posting with getting sales or running Mm. ads. And all three of those are different. I think for say, so let's talk just about Instagram because I know Reels are a big thing right now. That's what they've seemed to be pushing. Just from you being there, did you see a development path where you're like, okay, this is going to be the next thing that say Instagram is going to focus on. And so everybody should focus on Reels per se, or is there some other insights you could provide there? So I'll give a broader insight, but speaking to exactly what you asked, right? So one, the battle right now, and as I said, you want to look at the macro because then you can understand how to maneuver in the micro. So any marketer, right? And I I like to pride myself because I'm different than just, I'm the marketer's marketer, right? I like to figure out what do we need to know and not to think about it as just a tactic. So a lot of folks will say something like, hey, just if you just dive down on reels right now, then you'll be successful and your platform will grow up if you just use the trending audience, which is cool. And it's a good assumption as you see that taking place in the market and people doing that, right? So it's not a diss to that. It's just, that's the first layer. And I want to dive a little deeper, right? So the deeper thing is, is two spaces. The battle on a macro space is over creators, okay? People are trying to figure out how do we get dope content on the platform? Dope content is usually not associated with businesses. It's associated by creators. The only way businesses make money is if people, this goes back to that first note, if people are on the platform. So you have to watch what people are doing, what is going on in the consumer space, right? So the battle is for creators to come to these different platforms. That's why they're trying to, everybody's trying to figure out monetization. Everybody's trying to figure out how do we get you on Mars? How do we do trainings? How do we do all these things? Because if they can keep the creators, they can keep people watching right? And then you can run ads. And this is why I say ad optimization, right? When you're talking about how to improve your ads campaign success, optimizing your creative is the single greatest lever. Because if the creators are competing just to keep people on the platform, just so you can show ads, right? And you're showing an ad of a flyer next to a comedian and a chef who's making dope videos, nobody's going to watch your ad, right? So In order to be successful, if you're thinking, how do I take that macro down to the micro is, how do I become a creator? How do I think more creatively? How do I make dope content? How do I make this thing fresh, both on my ads and my organic content? And then you asked me about making reels. We see that performing well organically. So try it with your business. Nice. No, and I like the idea of the marketers and small business owners actually being the creators because to be a creator, it's not just about making content, which is whatever by default. Say, oh, I got to make more videos. I got to make more reels, whatever. It's about interacting with the platform and connecting with the other creators and joining the community. And it's about that relationship that'll drive the creativity and the the hits and the followers and everything else you want from it. But if you don't do that, if you don't invest your actual interest instead of just, I'm going to make money from this, it's not going to work. So that's an excellent point. In terms of what's coming down the pike, is there anything 
I don't know, any insights you give in terms of developments within Instagram, like capabilities, or I know YouTube just made that big play for creators by saying, I forget specifically the numbers, but it was going to be much more advantageous in terms of making money off of YouTube to go to YouTube instead of, say, work on TikTok or Instagram. Yeah, so I what I would say is overall, I think this kind of plays into your last question is, should people just be using Reels? One of the things you want to always, uh, we did the agency talk mm-hmm. and I, I gave some advice saying to do role play or to go to an improv show. And I was talking to one of the, one of the guys who's a marketer and we were chatting afterwards and he's like, I heard it, but it didn't really sound as hard hitting as I would have thought. He was like, go to an improv show. I'm like, yeah, he's like, I get it, but it doesn't really seem like that's really like strong. And I said, mm-hmm. okay. I said, that makes sense. I said, that's fair to hear, but it really is one of the most powerful tools you have. And the reason is it goes to how does everyone think? As a marketer, you Mm. need to know what everyone's goal is and how everyone thinks because your goal is to get and influence everybody, right? And so if you're thinking about a tech platform or any technology company broadly, what is a new technology company's goal? Or any technology, even a well-established company, right? What is their goal? Their goal, no matter what, always is to figure out how to get more people using it and using it for longer or using it for more expensive, right? That's what you have, right? And they create new features and new products to continue to solve problems, right? And when they build something new, like anybody, if you build something new, what do you want people to do? Use it. Try it. (laughs) You want to try it. But a lot of times we don't go through the perspective of what is the perspective of this technology company? And who are their CEOs and who are their owners and who are their engineers and what are they thinking? But they're Mm. thinking, hey, we want people to use our new features because we just built it and it's cool and it solves this problem y'all were asking for. So anytime a new feature comes out on any of these platforms, it's going to be pushed, right? It's going to be highlighted. It's going to give more reach. If Reels, if Instagram comes out with a new cool feature, use that cool new feature. Oh, right. That's a good point. Yeah, that's an Not easy tip. just because you know the science behind your role playing. Hey, I know that they're going to want to get that feature more views. They're going to want to get that feature more attention. So if you use it, one of the first people to use it, they're going to be like, look at our cool new thing that all mm. these cool people are using. You're going to get more boost. Oh. Same thing with those creators who first joined YouTube's new creator monetization and they start doing that. YouTube wants people to see how successful it is. Right. So you want to role play everyone that's in the mix from who your customer is to you, to the technology and tools you're using, to the other content and creators that people might see around your content, because you need to have a good perspective of what everybody's going for. So that way you can curate the experience, you can Mm -hmm. create the vibe and you can create something that goes across all of those. Yeah, I love that. Well, and then the whole concept of curating the experience is really what we do as marketers, especially with our clients, or curating the experience we want to have or their customers to have with them. So that makes a ton of sense. Now, we don't I know we don't have too much time for this episode, but is it worth it to examine the potential of meta? Or the big fear of all marketers is that you're going to try to adopt a platform or a new technology, and then that's all going to go to waste because it's going to get shut down. Just vaguely, and in your opinion, is it worth the time and effort to spend on 
examining that as a potential a new platform for marketing. Yeah. I think what you're saying is because everybody, everyone that I've ever talked to, all small businesses, large businesses, huge agencies, everyone in the middle, every time I talk to someone, they're like, my ad account got banned. My ads got banned. (laughs) Man, I hear, can you unlock this account? And they don't feel like there's a way to get those things unblocked. So I definitely understand how you can feel like, why would I make this investment? Why would I spend all this time? And then at the end of the day, it's like, I'm doing everything you asked for. And I can't make that determination for you. How about this? How about, would you spend time creating content for Meta, given that now you're trying to expand into more of the agency space? I'm less of an agency. I'm more of a consultant. Okay, consultancy space. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm not, my goal is to help those who are the agencies get better performance for their clients. So they manage all that. What I come in is I just say, hey, look, these are the things you want to be focusing on. And I'll share a couple of those insights with you. Overall, if you look at the space, a lot of marketers tell me like, this is where I'm making most of my money from. This has historically been where I've been making most most of my money from. And yes, right now, these last year or two, it's been really difficult. I've been trying to adjust to other platforms. I've been trying to find alternatives. These are the things I've been hearing. I think every business is a business and every business has ups and downs, right? And so the question is, how do you adjust at the moment, right? If you don't have access, you've got to figure out something else, right? But if you do have access and it works, then it's great. So I think you have to just balance your time. I'm still going to be investing there, spending time making content, mm-hmm. running ads, et cetera, because I understand the systems very well. And that's not to say that the same bands and things don't happen. It's just, I know those tools. Even if some of those happen, I've got to work around it, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to be solely reliant on this. Don't have all your eggs in one basket, but don't have them spread out across a bunch of other places either. But you do need, you need a couple of baskets. <laughs> okay. All right. So you're saying that it's worth the time to experiment with, but don't dedicate hundred percent of your time or offers to it. Don't rely on any one tool, platform, account, anything to determine your success, right? The most important thing is that you have your customer's name and email. You don't have your customer's name and email. You don't own the audience. Someone could just cancel it. Like any business, especially a business of that size, they're going to get it together. Eventually, someone will realize it'll get high enough up. There'll be a solution. They'll figure out the adjustment. But in the meantime, yes, you need to be figuring out what other things can I be doing to make sure I still can reach my customers, I can still talk to them, and then make sure you're keeping your direct lines of communication open, email, text message, phone calls. That's the holy grail. The other pieces are just to get them to one of those spaces, usually. That was a very safe, politically correct answer. I want a little more more fire, but it's okay. I get it. What are you asking for, man? (laughs) You know exactly what I'm asking for. (laughs) All right. So you spend time on the metaverse. You keep on spending time on meta, but don't put all, all your eggs in one basket experiments a bunch of different places and it could pay off eventually yeah i would say pick a focus and then you know have some other ones that you're nurturing all right that's fair
If you're still using legacy cloud storage like Dropbox or Google Drive or expensive, unintuitive digital asset management tools to store your images and videos, listen up. While those are fine for teams who just need to store docs and sheets, they are terribly inefficient for marketing teams needing to organize, share, and collaborate on visual assets. Air's intuitive UI is purpose-built for visual assets. Automatic content tagging and powerful filters mean you don't even have to remember folder or file names. As long as you know what's in an image, you can find it in seconds. Modern marketing teams, including those at Google, Sweetgreen, The Infatuation, and Pattern have saved up to 10 hours per person per week by switching to Air. Air is the leading platform for marketing teams to manage and automate their creative operations. Learn more at air.inc slash digital marketer. That's A-I-R dot I-N-C slash digital marketer. Okay, in terms of other tips you can give for agencies just in regards to the future, I'm thinking specifically like what the heck's going to happen in Q1 2023. Gotcha. Any insights in terms of, hey, they should be prepping these types of offers because they're safe, but they'll still be advanced for their clients? So what I'll say, yeah, I can give you a couple of things. One, there's a lot more innovation happening with ads and reels, like reels and ads coming together because it performs so well on the consumer side. As I said before, it moves to the business side. So if you're a business, you should be looking at how do you use more reels? How do you make ads that look like reels, resemble reels? How can I run ads in reels? Like just those two spaces together, right? Um, you also, there's a lot of innovation happening in the leads environment, right? Lead ads, call ads, those spaces, there's a lot of engagement. So I would check out the different types of instant forms that they have. So a lot of times we run ads to lead magnets right? And we take them to a website, which then asks for their name and their email, right? But there's some new features where there's um, you can pretty much build an entire landing page within an instant form on Facebook directly. So now you're going to have a much quicker load speed. It's not going to take them to another platform. They get to enter their in- information faster because it's already saved. So what I would say is two things. One, Never take any advice that anybody gives you on Facebook or even from the company or not from the company as just face value because it works so differently from so many people. So my advice is always to test everything. But you want to know what are the new features, what are the new tools, what's coming out so you can test those for your audience, right? So you want to test the different conversion locations. Have one that's a sales page that you take them to. Have one that's an instant form that has nothing on it, but just has their name and the email, put it in, and then compare that to the new instant form, which you can build to look like a sales page. Test all three of those and see which one is working for you. Then marketing, is it needs to be, it's like a science experiment where you're testing little things. You're like, okay, I see it. The other mistake I see people making all the time, though, when it comes to the testing part is the learning phase, right? A lot of marketers are adjusting their ads in a major way every week. Or I've heard a lot of marketers like running a special, so I'm only running it for a week or 10 days. And I'm like, that's not really what the ads are optimized to do. Ads, they don't, anytime you start a new campaign or you switch creative or you switch audience or make any major difference in your campaign, basically it goes back into guess and check. Let me just see as broad as I can. I'm going to shoot this out, see who starts to materialate. 
after a certain amount of conversions or whatever your optimization goal is within a week, then it starts to try to find optimized results for you. So if you're only, only running campaigns for a week or you're only or you're changing them every week, you're literally running unoptimized campaigns the entire time you're marketing. Right. You're never benefiting from the system. You're never benefiting from the algorithm. So what we need to be looking at is two things. And I think the reason people do that is because they're not separating their campaigns into who they're trying to reach. So a lot of times, because you have the ability to do something, you can run a new ad that can prospect someone and bring them all the way to conversion. It's possible through a fund. So because you can do it doesn't mean it's always the best strategy. We can pee in the swimming pool, but it's, I wouldn't recommend You're it. You're going to get caught eventually. Yeah. You know what I'm We're all in there. So you want to think about, am I trying to prospect people and get interest or am I trying to sell some? And then think about those campaigns separately. Yes, there are going to be some people who go through the full process, but if you're thinking, okay, I only got a week because I want to launch this to the sale that I've got, right? then you need to focus in on only warm leads that you already, because then even though you're not running optimized ads, maybe it's a curated list. So it doesn't need to try to guess and check as much because you already have qualified these people. But if you're trying to run something to get interest and you're letting it run into short time and time because it's a sale, it doesn't make sense. You might as well just run a long-term lead gathering campaign, get those people. And then when you need to do your targeted campaigns, make those secondary to your evergreen, if you will, or your long-running lead gen campaign. Nice. No, those are some excellent insights. And I think just the that experimental method of ad marketing specifically is super useful. And it's good to hear that it's still going to work. So I think you provide some excellent insights into the current state of Facebook, Meta, Instagram. And I'm looking forward to see what happens. And we'll look forward to see you and your business grow too. Good luck with that. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm putting together like a checklist of optimizations people need to consider when they're running Facebook ads. Um, So that'll be up on the website in about a week or two with all that information. So, you know, if people want to get that, I can also send that to you. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, when we come up with this episode, we'll make sure to link that. Thank you so much. And what was your website again? Inspiredmedia.com. So N-S-P-I-R-E-D media.com. Awesome. Love that name. Killer domain. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share that with that friend who is clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarket.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketing. Get ready for the two easiest ways for you to generate product photos for your e-commerce store. I'm Lauren Petrullo, founder and CEO of Mongoose Media and Digital Marketer Academy faculty member. I've managed over 50,000 SKUs for over 100 different e-commerce sites, and I cannot tell you the importance of quality product photos. Not only are they important for your website, but they're great to be repurposed in your email marketing campaigns, your paid ad initiatives, and your organic social media content. It's imperative that you have great photos because great photos sell your products and start conversations with your consumers. There are two great solutions when seeking out quality product photos for your e-commerce site. One, UGC, 
We know that native user-generated content wins all day on social. When you can get your customers to share back their use of your products in their voice, in their personal applications, you will see dividends when that is repurposed in your paid ads and organic social feeds. Secondly, don't have customers or UGC yet? Not a problem. There are cost-effective solutions in which you can outsource that photography. This and so much more is covered in my modules in our e-commerce cert with Digital Marketer.